the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much for joining me. Hope that you're doing well. Excited about uh, today's show. Uh, We've got a couple of guests uh, with us. We've got Duke uh, Crony with me, uh, Personal Horsepower, LLC, and then also my good friend uh, Jeff Anderson, who leads International Bible Conference. Thank you guys so much for joining us. How are we doing? It's a pleasure. Thank you. Good to be here. Pastor Eric, it's always good to be with you, my friend. Happy Labor Day to you and your family. Well, how have you guys been? Outstanding. I mean, we live like Roman kings. What do we have to complain about, right? We are very blessed. Yes, sure. we are. We're doing well. I'm uh, I'm expecting a grandbaby, Eric, any moment now. Our second grandbaby is, is due to arrive, and so that's pretty exciting for our family. Amen. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. From what I hear, there's nothing like being a grandpa. So far, it's pretty cool. <laughs> really cool. We got five kids, as you know. And um, having grandkids is, has exceeded any expectations. It's really, really wonderful. That, that's awesome. Well, guys, we're in here to talk about uh, men's ministry and reaching out uh, to uh, men, which we know is a really important uh, topic. Uh, we're really living in a fatherless uh, society, and God really wants to reach uh, the heart of men. I'm recently teaching about John the Baptist, and you know, there's the prophecy in Malachi about John the Baptist that he would turn the hearts uh, of the father, the children to the fathers, and mm-hmm. the heart of the fathers to the children. And we really need that today in our mm-hmm. uh, generation. So, so Duke, let's start with you and just a little bit of your background and how God has given you a heart uh, for men. Well, I'm going to say that I was a fan of Jesus, not a follower, until about 12 years ago, and it came from uh, a loss of great wealth. So it brought me to my knees. So a lot of us, we have to have some life-changing experience before we begin to trust God. So that's really my story. From there, I entered into men's ministries and started leading men's groups and discipling men. And that's what I'm still doing to this day. That's awesome. You know, before the show, we were talking a little bit about uh, when you came to know Christ and you met with your pastor. And tell us a bit of that story, because that seems really foundational to where you are today. Well, as I made the decision to go all in, as they say, I really didn't know what to do. I'd heard the messages at church, and I knew what it meant to be a good person, uh, but I really didn't know how to do this Christian thing. So I met with my pastor, and I asked him, I said, how do you do this? And after some discussion, he asked me, he says, well, who's discipling you? And I said, okay, well, I know Jesus had disciples, but what, what, what does that look like? It was him, Pastor Cliff, that allowed me to see that the relationship-building advantages and the growth that I could experience that I was seeking 
could happen if I was being discipled by an elder man. And so he made the arrangements with other men in the church to begin to do that, and they began to speak into my life what it is I needed to know. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And that really formed the foundation for what you're you're doing now. So so tell us a little bit about the curriculum that you have, have written, and maybe, Jeff, your experience with that as well. Well, it's, I think that most of us men are wired to be fixers, problem solvers. In my business background, that's what I did. So as I looked at the landscape of our culture, I saw that there was a great deficiency having to do with men stepping up, as they say, and a lot of guys checking the box. But nobody was really, I'm going to say that I could find, was really actively engaged or putting God first in all that they did. So in an effort to kind of fill that gap, I actually began to write a book called The Real Bottom Line. And Eric has four chapters because it gets to the bottom line. It's that quick, huh? The yeah. first well, chapter is... I like that kind of book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a short read because it gets right to the point. But the first chapter, and there's only four, is uh, why are we here? The second chapter is... What are we supposed to be doing? And the third chapter is, why do I care? And the fourth is, what am I going to do about it? So Mm -hmm. as I looked at those questions myself and thought, God has created us for a purpose, to be purposeful, to glorify him in what we do. And so as a fixer, I looked at the landscape and said, what can I do? And that really went to meeting gentlemen like pastors like Jeff Anderson and some others here in the Springs, asking the question of who's discipling them and who are they discipling? That revealed a genuine need and gave me some solutions to go by. So through the encouragement of guys like my brother Jeff here, I began to develop a curriculum to teach men how to become disciple makers and not just be caught in this endless cycle of discipleship. All right. So the real premise is, you know, have someone disciple you in a pretty short amount of time, 12 meetings or so, and then get equipped to be able to share that with someone else and start to to pour into them what you have have received. And Jeff, I've heard you've gone through the study. Yeah. And- well, Pastor Eric, what I love about what I've seen here is that is reproducible. My heart for men's ministry goes all the way back to Promise Keepers. I can remember yeah. going to some of those first meetings up in Boulder, and and they had a um, a funnel model where they said, hey, at the top of the funnel, you have things like huge conferences, Promise Keepers. And then you have a local church men's ministry and a breakfast and maybe a retreat. But the goal is always for that funnel to keep getting down to one-on-one relationships or what mm-hmm. we call discipleship. Yeah. And that was always been, that's always been the trick. I mean, we always kind of knew how we can do a men's Bible study or we knew how to do a men's retreat, but actually getting down to reproducible one-on-one men's relationships, that's been a, a there's been a gap. It's been a hole, and it's certainly a hole in our community. Right. Even though I mean, I've loved discipleship and the materials that are available with navigators or whoever it may be. But even as a pastor for all those years, Eric, I mean, I spent so many times with so many people, but actually being seeing someone reproduce that and now turn into a disciple maker. Right. Well, when I met and was able to interact with this curriculum with this kind of approach, I feel like it kind of gave me a track to run on. And so I really, I really think that God's given Duke here something that can be a tremendous blessing to our community. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and we do see it in Scripture. You know, I think of Paul and Timothy, mm-hmm. and Paul really saw Timothy as a son, you know, mm-hmm. a son in the faith, and, and invested in that way. And then Timothy was able to go and make that investment into other men. 
And, you know, you think back, uh, you know, in our own lives, in our own journey, and those those one-on-one conversations are, are really, really uh, impactful uh, to growing as uh, a, a disciple. It's a good question for listeners, especially men, to, to think, do I have someone that is discipling me? Do I know what that means? Mm-hmm. You know, and then is, is there somebody that I'm intentionally discipling and pouring my, my life into? Well, and one of the keys I'll interject here is, as Paul wrote his last letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.2 is really the declaration of equipping others. That's really what I saw as a gap or a minority. A lot of discipleship, which is part of the journey very healthy, but the idea of equipping somebody to pass that on. And let me digress just for a minute, Eric, when it comes to my what I'll call the 12-step. I can tell you that it's not for every man at whatever point he is in his journey. So kind of from a business perspective, the market of men that I'm currently carrying this curriculum out, I'm going to say mature to elder. Okay. Now, let me jump in right there because okay. we're going to head to a break here real quick. And we're going to encourage the listeners to stay uh, with us. And then we'll be uh, right back in just a moment. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. I have Jeff Anderson with me and Duke Crony talking about men's discipleship. And we'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. We're talking about a subject that's really uh, passionate to my heart and I think to a lot of us is, is seeing men get equipped, uh, us as men stepping up to, to God's uh, calling. So Duke Crony is with me and also uh, Jeff Anderson. Duke runs Personal Horsepower, an LLC, and Jeff Anderson runs International Bible Conference and serves as Doug Lamborn, Senator Doug Lamborn, Congressman Doug Lamborn, mm-hmm. as faith uh, liaison. So right before the break, we were we were talking about uh, this curriculum that you wrote, uh, Duke, and the the twelve sessions the uh, that you go through. And just taking a quick look at it this afternoon, I loved uh, how simple it was. Can can you talk us through uh, some of the the topics that would be in those twelve sessions? Certainly, I'd love to. First, let me preface it with a famous psychologist once said that all of our decisions are self-serving. So as I created the curriculum, it was really the question of what's in it for me. How can I impact that man in such a way that he embraces it and then carries it on? That's good. So the simplicity in it is the, the 12 steps, if you will. The first one, first four are foundations, which the rest navigate from. The first one being the greatest commandment of all, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Okay, And when I sit to disciple a man, I ask him, how do you do that? Most guys can't answer that question. They don't understand it's a relationship-building process. The second session or second step is the veracity of the Bible. Is it really true? I mean, come on. It was written in three different languages on three different continents by 40 authors over about a 1,500-year period. There's got to be some goofs, Right. So I allow that individual to understand that there isn't, that there, yeah. God's Word is breathed for, for all those purposes. The third thing is that I cover is the Holy Spirit. A lot of us kind of have knowledge of the Holy Spirit, but don't really depend or act upon praying that the Holy Spirit would guide us, especially yeah. when it comes to conquering our sins. Yeah. Okay? The fourth step goes to the reality of spiritual warfare. That is, same as the Holy Spirit, a lot of guys don't really think Satan is real, but... If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, 
He wants you dead like every day. Mm. And he's relenting. To understand how to battle that through the scriptures, through the Holy Spirit, is critical for guys to know how to navigate. So steps, I'm going to say five through ten, about six sessions, really take that guy that I'm discipling and walks him through the applications of the fact he's under spiritual attack, that the Holy Spirit is there to assist him in claiming victory, the veracity of the Bible, that as we go to God's Word for those directions of how to do that. And those six sessions really help a guy understand the study habits of going to God's Word to learn how to do this this walk. Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty of it, is that you're teaching a guy to go to the Bible himself. Eric, right. I, think that's where, I think that's the failure we've had, yeah. is that we complicate it to the point where, hey, we're going to do a three-year discipleship program studying the Holy Spirit. Um, and then you wonder, well, what's the end goal? Why well, receive a certificate? Yeah. Now, the end goal of discipleship isn't to receive a certificate. The end goal is to take what's been given to me yeah. and to put it into someone else's life. That's right, yeah. And right now, I would look at those four things, and I, th- I think I agree with the simplicity that Duke has said, that if someone understands, hey, we're in spiritual warfare, here's how to fight that warfare with the foundation of the Word. Here's how to let the Spirit work in your life so that you can love God with all your heart. Now you can apply those steps to any question that's out there. Yeah. So if you have a relationship with a guy and find out that he's really struggling with uh, anger toward his wife, frustration toward his kids, whatever question he might have, you're going to come right back to the Holy Spirit, has the answers through the Bible. The devil wants to destroy you, but you can learn how to love God and apply it to this area. And then by doing it or by applying it to those areas, now he's already developing the skills by which he realizes, wait, now I can I can teach someone how to do this. So it's not rocket science. I, the, the, the simplicity is the beauty of this. And then the the goal or the success is not a certificate of a completion. It's not a degree. No, the next level of success is when you take another man and invest this into his life. Yeah, that's awesome. And when I was taught this process, the guy that discipled me through it told me up front, he said, I'm going to equip you to pass this on. Hmm. So you have a responsibility, Duke. He says, you've been created for a purpose to be purposeful, and the most impact you can have is to teach men and equip them on how to teach others and have it be multiplication, not simply addition. Yeah. And Eric, you know, man, I, we've been friends for a long time. We've loved men's ministry. I've done men's breakfast at your church before. Right. Preached or spoke at them. We love doing Bible conferences. But this gives me a track to run on. I used that before, but it really is. It's telling me, oh, so if I'm going to have a one-on-one relationship with a guy— it doesn't have to be a five-year commitment. Maybe it's just going to be something where this is what I can invest in his life. Because here's my opinion. I believe that men's pastors that are out there, staff members, pastors, I think we do what we know. Mm-hmm. And most of what we know is having gone through a Bible college or having gone through a seminary. We're familiar with Bible college courses or seminary courses. But man, most of the guys out there, they don't need another course. What they need is some sort of track where they say, oh, these four basic things applied to a number of different areas of my life, I can invest this. And so here's what I love about it. I love the fact that Duke has taken me through those and is now expecting me to meet with a guy one-on-one. So I have someone already in mind. I've already been taking those um, principles and thinking, wow, now I want to invest those in my sons. If there's anything I want to invest in my son, these are the most foundational things I want to invest in that relationship. So anyway, Duke, tell us more about um, as far as what your goal is or how you see multiplying this, how it can take place in our community. Well, you know, Jeff, I, I'm on my knees asking God to guide me in that. 
I really don't have uh, an expectation. Now, I've got other guys that have embraced this and have said, oh, wow, this is going to catch like fire. This is going to, you could grow, you could, you know, I don't know. Hmm. I just know that when God gets behind it, that it'll grow as he would have it grow. I see a genuine need, especially in today's culture. There is a huge disconnect. There's a lot of guys that are captured by a lot of sins, and we can't deny the stats that that display that clearly. Right. So if we're to impact that, make it simple, make it decisive, in such a way that a guy can claim victory. I will tell you that if there's one response I get from all the guys that I've discipled through this 12-step is they finally feel that they can claim victory in their sins. Hmm. Not that the temptations don't still come. Right. But they know how to pull the sword out of its sheath in the armor of God and not just wonder how and be caught up in that sin and never know what to do. And I don't think it compromises anyone. But I think you should tell the story about someone who maybe even wrestled with drug addiction and how that the Bible— and the Holy Spirit had solutions for him, and he had victory in that area of his life. Well, if I may, I'll, I'll, I'll use the name Bob, let's sure. say. okay. Yeah. But I met with Bob, who's a youth pastor, for example, about five years ago when I first arrived in the Springs. And uh, we began to deci- I began to disciple him. And on our second visit, he humbly admitted to me that he had a drug addiction. He was addicted to Vicodin. And he said to me, I don't know what to do. And I said, Bob, you're kidding me. You're a youth pastor. And you're telling me you don't know what to do? I said, well, it's simple. I said, you don't believe the Bible. He goes, well, that's pretty insulting. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. But I said, the the scriptures tell you that Jesus said it's an advantage that I go away. I'm going to leave you a helper, right? Right. It's called the Holy Spirit. So I asked Bob, I said, have you prayed for the Holy Spirit to minister to this? And then have you trusted God's promises in it? Right. You know, just don't lean on the shovel and pray for a hole. You have to be an active (laughs) participant in this, right? Yeah. So the story with Bob was that he did that. And I helped him understand that he could trust the Holy Spirit minister to that. Ultimately, he overcame that addiction. And to this day, he lives in another state now. We're friends on Facebook. And he sent me a text or a Facebook message, I'm going to say about a year ago, that recanted that it changed his life to have the perspective boldly presented to him Hmm. that he could trust the Holy Spirit. And it really was a real part of the Trinity, and really could, he could trust it to take care of his problem. And he did. That's awesome. And all of us in this room, all of the people who are listening to this, they believe that God has provided the answers. I mean, we all believe that in our head. Right. But now to come to a point where we're providing men where they can have the tools to help other men overcome areas in their life. See, I think what you're doing is you're laying a foundation. I mean, Jesus is the one who told us that the one who hears the word of God and does it is like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. Hmm. Right now, Eric, I'm telling you, the interaction I have with our community is that we need something foundational. That husbands, dads, men in general in this group, we need that foundation. And this is a tool to really get them on track. Sounds good. You're listening to 100.7 The Word. Stay with us as we talk about discipling men. We'll be right back. Stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen. 100.7 The Word. Heard online on the Word mobile app. Tune in, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. I've got Jeff Anderson with me with the International Bible Conference and Duke Crony from Personal Horsepower talking about men's ministry and discipling men. 
you know, one of the things that happened with me uh, when I was a freshman in high school and God got a hold of my life at my home church is there was a guy on staff called Gary Mauser. Uh, his name is Gary Mauser, and he really had a heart to disciple young men. Hmm. And he discipled me, um, but I didn't even know that I was being discipled. Wow. Uh, so he he uh, would say, hey, let's get together and have root beer floats. Uh, and he, and I was like, yeah, you know? And so we he would get a two liter of root beer and a half gallon of vanilla ice cream, and we would polish it in one sitting. But as I was talking with him, he took me through a lot of these topics that are mm-hmm. in uh, your handbook, uh, Duke, and uh, and it really equipped me to know and follow the Lord as God had just gotten a hold of my life. And mm-hmm. I saw him about two years ago. I went back to Southern Oregon, and he's still doing it. He's wow. still on facilities at, at the church and as discipling one-on-one, and it's it's hugely powerful and impactful. And and when I saw him, like I just had tears in my eyes, you know, mm-hmm. and told him thank you for and investing in me when I was, you know, fourteen uh, years old. Amen. Um, I think Jeff, you're visionary. You've got a good vision of where God could take uh, this this handbook, uh, this tool. I mean, you you pastored for twenty five years here in the yeah. city. You know the joys and challenges of pastoring. How do you see what Duke has written complementing what's yeah. taking well, place in churches? Eric, I mean, what you experienced um, with that gentleman when you were 14 is something I experienced as well. But um, my youth pastor, a guy named Dave Wood, who poured his life into me, we'd meet and we'd pray. That's what I knew to do. So when I met with people, I did what I'd watched. But Mm -hmm. never was it really presented to me that said, okay, here's the goal. You're going to take this information and now you you invest it in someone else's life. Right. That's the missing component. What Duke has is this, this is the third time I've referred to it, a track to run on. It's something that you yeah. can experience where you can come and say, okay, for the first four sessions, I agree with all the information that's here. This is what I'm going to invest in someone's life. And for the most part, we're going to be meeting with men who already agree with that. But now they come away and they say, okay, having already agreed with that, this is what I can start investing in the life of someone else. It's not that challenging. But because we haven't had it presented to us in a way that's reproducible, Eric, that's why we're not seeing that disciple-making reproduction. Right. And I'm speaking now as someone who had a big heart for discipleship, a big heart for men's ministry, a love for the Bible, all the topics we've talked about, but I was never very successful of investing myself into someone who turned around and was investing their life into someone else. And so, frankly, that's why I think, Duke, that this is going to be a huge compliment to churches, men's ministries, because they're filling particular roles that are great, but you still come down to the bottom of that pyramid, and the bottom of the pyramid is a one-on-one relationship. And so I want you to even describe, if you don't mind, describe how that there are some other ministries that are doing some great things, but they're really just not reproducing. Well, and therein goes part of the, the wisdom of our walk. We need to be discipled, and discipleship comes in many forms. So I've gone through a number of programs and retreats and men's breakfast, all part of the journey, I believe. Well, but what I found was the absenteeism of passing that along. So here's what I'll tell you is that, and this will sound selfish, but as I was mentored through this process and felt equipped and began to give it away, I thought I was the guy that was going to help the other guy become a mightier mm-hmm. man of God. Little did I know that the wisdom mm-hmm. in go, therefore, make disciples also meant that I was going to grow in ways that I didn't know I would. Amen, yes. And I'll tell you, I grew exponentially because 
I was challenged in a way by helping that individual, whoever he is, to see how to navigate these biblical principles and why they're even there, what the wisdom in it is. So as I saw victory after victory, I could claim victory. I'll tell you, nowadays, gentlemen, I feel a little bit ninja. Not that I don't get you know, tempted and have those thoughts like we all do, but I know immediately where it's coming from, and I know immediately how to disarm it. So being armed with that, if there's one thing that I hear from guys I've discipled, is this claim of victory, this strength mm-hmm. that, uh, that they did not really know before because they didn't know how to use it or apply it and be equipped to do that. Well, what you just described, that ninja kind of, hey, I'm ready for the battle, that's something, Eric, that I think is so lacking in our culture today. Mm. It's definitely lacking in our churches. And as a pastor, when I hear someone who's like, you know what? I don't necessarily aspire to be in a pastoral position. I'm not looking to be in a full-time ministry, quote-unquote. But I am equipped so that I can have victory in my life. Who doesn't want that kind of confidence? Well, there's the motivation. There's what has kept me ticking and being motivated and inspired to share this with other men. Maybe not much different when we first received Jesus. Mm -hmm. How do we feel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, You want to give it away. Excited, Mm -hmm. yeah. So... As I saw through my journey the discoveries of so much affirmation of how much richer and fuller a guy's life was, well, now they have a purpose, and they're being purposeful. We all want something more than that dash between our birth date and our death date on our headstone, don't we? Yeah, that's right. So this gives men purpose, gives them, as Jeff says, a track to run on, gives them an understanding that they can apply on a daily basis, and to give that away and see that growth in other men— there's the ring the bell. That, that's mm-hmm. that's the high five. So how do guys find the handbook? Okay, well, I'm currently ad- addressing senior and executive pastors and men's directors to cast this vision of how this can come alongside whatever they're doing. It's yeah. not meant to be the only men's ministry, mm-hmm, but right. I have met with a number of churches that they don't even have a monthly men's breakfast or anything as a foundation. So in a couple of cases, it's been looked at as, hey, this could be the springboard to the rest of it. Mm. But really, it complements whatever they're doing. So I guess to answer that question best is, I'm knocking on doors, brother. Yeah, I'm talking mm-hmm. to as many pastors as I can. I'm casting the vision. And I've got a couple of churches that now, in the infancy of this, have signed on, if you will, to have me teach this to the elders uh, of their men. Well, and okay. I don't think it's too early for you to give contact information. What's the best way for people to contact you if they're interested in, in uh, yeah. this manual? Well, they can. Uh, I can give my phone number, which is 719-680-5558. My website is www.personalhorsepower.com. Yeah. Okay. So they can go there and all my contact information is there. Or they could just call you, Eric, right? Yeah. And find out how to get a hold of me. I will pass it along. I would sure love to. (laughs) Okay. Well, and here's what I've experienced. I've experienced that Duke really has a heart to um to for for existing local churches. And when we had first talked about this whole idea, there was one thought that, oh, well, you could come as a contractor who would be a staff member who would help get this replicating discipleship going for a short term in a church. But then it grew into a point that said, why don't we come alongside existing men's ministries and and kind of develop a course where you're taking men who already have a heart for this, you're giving them that track to run on and letting them go. And then the last step of all of that becomes the field manual. And the field manual is, here's the resources. And what I love about this is Duke, he's not, he's not trying to reinvent anything. 
Right. He's using a lot of resources that are already out there. As a matter of fact, I think we got to give a shout out to GodQuestions.org, yeah. which is a tool that you've used. Tell, tell us about how you discovered God Questions. Well, I was invited to co-host a men's radio show back in 2012. And the guy that ran that show, one of the resources we would study to answer the email questions that we'd be prepared to address in that show, he introduced me to God Questions. And what I love about God Questions is, for one, they've got thousands of pre-answered, and it's done by a a board of people, not just one individual. Right. But it's simple. It has a dialogue that's backed up by all the scriptures. Yeah, it's very biblical. So yeah. it becomes this one- or two-page study guide on just about every topic. And so far, I have not found a topic that was <laughs> not answered or addressed. It got questions. It's an awesome resource. A I lot of times so. when I'm getting questions here on the radio show— I'm referring to God questions. I got wow. my laptop out. That's great. It, and they're based I love here. It. Did you know that? They yeah. are based here in Colorado Springs, yeah. which I think is another gift for what we have in our community. Right. So if you think about our community, gifted with apologetics ministries, great preaching, great churches, great discipleship ministries. Now we come back and say, but there's this little hole. There's one-on-one reproducible discipleship. And I believe that God has brought Duke to our community to help fill that hole. Sounds good. Stay with us. We're headed to a break. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Have a really engaging conversation today with Duke Crony, also with Jeff Anderson from International Bible Conference. Duke Crony, he leads Personal Horsepower and has written a discipleship material for men and in this last segment, Duke, we'd love to just get to know you a little bit better. Uh, and so tell us a little more of your, your story, <laughs> a bit about your wife. Uh, it's evident you love horses, so tell us a bit about that. Well, the short story is I'm a junior, okay. and so, and I was born in the 50s. The heartthrob in the 50s was the Duke, John Wayne. And the story goes that the sisters got together with my mom and decided to name me Duke. And that has carried me through. So in high school, I meet a beautiful young woman who became my bride of now 47 years. And she was a junior rodeo queen when I met her. So I figured God had something figured out already. Here's a guy named Duke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have had horses our entire lives, everywhere we've been. And I'm an avid horse rider. We have three children, have five grandchildren. All but two of them live here in Colorado Springs with me. Okay. And I've been here about five years. Yeah. How did you end up in the Springs? Well, it's kind of an odd story. I'll make it as short as I can. But I've been practicing for years at how to listen to God's promptings. Hmm. And I got a prompting. I lived north of Seattle for about 40 years. And I got this prompting one time that said, move to high ground. Hmm. Now, I didn't know what that meant. About a year later, doors started closing in business opportunities there. My son had moved here to the Springs. I came and visited him. And doors started opening. Hmm. So although I had an active ministry, I had a homeless ministry, I was the men's ministry director and led a group called Band of Brothers, I thought I was doing all the things God would have me do. Yeah. And he says, no, move. Hmm. So, of course, we know that if we're obedient to that and we trust in it, that we will will do that. So I moved. We downsized to two horses that are now our pleasure horses, moved here to the Springs, and started to set roots here. 
That's well, awesome. Duke, I think this part's important. You, you talked about how the business doors were closing before. I think it's important for people to know your business background because, well, you're, you're not necessarily a, a seminary graduate. You're not necessarily a pastor. Tell us about your business background. Well, my business background since 2003, I had great success in navigating as a manager and taking failing companies and businesses to what I call the Super Bowl. And it was really a simple process. When I, 2003, formed an LLC and went on on my own, really all I did was I looked at those companies that were the champions. They were leading the pack. They knew how to knock the ball out of the park. And so all I really did was emulate them. They they actually say, gentlemen, that if you steal a really good idea, they'll call you a thief. If you steal a lot of really good ideas, they say you're in research. So... I became a researcher of best practices. Okay. Now, that bled over into my Christian walk in that when I sought to be a follower of Jesus, I sought out who's doing it, who's mm. knocking the ball out of the park, what are my examples, and can I emulate that? That's what led me to the discipleship piece. It also led me to where we're at here in that in my business, I was contracted to solve problems. Mm-hmm. So as I looked at the landscape of men leaving churches in record numbers Mm -hmm. and being called to lead their homes and really a minority being able to do that, Mm -hmm. it painted this pretty ugly picture that I thought, well, how can I impact that picture? So I just applied the same business principles and thought, let's come up with a method of best practices that can be applied. And so where did I go? I went to Scripture. And it was Paul's raising Timothy's. And there was just no gray area there other than when I looked around there was a lot of discipleship going on, but there was we weren't producing any Timothys that would then become Pauls right. and pass on from there. Yeah. Hey, so from that reproductive standpoint you just talked about, you kind of you were blessed to be in a Super Bowl winning church, right? That seemed to get this reproduction. Tell us, tell us about that and, and how you stumbled into that. Well, in this case, that was that Pastor Cliff that I went to and, and asked him, "How do you do this?" And he asked me, "Who's discipling you?" That began a cascade of relationships, and Pastor Cliff was very pro-guy. Even our bathrooms in the church you'd go into, and it was a man's bathroom. (laughs) I mean, the presence was there, and he was very proactive in that way. So I was fortunate enough to have a senior pastor that had a passion for men, and he recognized the problem. Hmm. Even while you talked about Promise Keepers earlier, I can remember watching the Promise Keepers 1993 Mm -hmm. assembly here in Boulder. Mm Mm-hmm. And as Howard Hendricks cast the vision of what we're to do, it was a call to action. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what happened? We we didn't really carry that ball down the field, did we? We didn't have a track to run on, man. No. I was there. I heard him. I was in person. I came back so fired up, but then that bottom of the uh, of the bottom of that funnel dropped out. There was no one on one. So, how did they start really investing in one on one? Well, uh, they we would go to coffee actually once a week, and I had the advantage of asking a, an elder, more experienced man, how to answer some of the questions. You know, uh, uh, what about the Holy of Holies? I don't understand that. Where dinosaurs come from? What about right. Neanderthal man? And how can this Bible possibly be true after all of these years? How can I trust it? So they walked me through each one of those questions mm-hmm. by opening up the Bible. So, well, let's see what God's Word says. So I learned those study tools, and they taught me how to apply those in my life and claim victory. All I'm really doing, gentlemen, is replicating what was taught me. 
I just happened to have the advantage of having men that that was their laser focus at that church. Yeah, it's awesome. That's really great. I think to to really bring this home as the Holy Spirit speaks to, to hearts is uh, if you're in a place where you're like, I really need to be a discipled, I would encourage you to to reach out to men in your life and ask them, hey, would you disciple me? Reach out uh, to your church and, and ask that. But I also think there's a lot of listeners that have been walking with the Lord for a really long time. A lot of men out there uh, that, that are at a place where they're ready to be a disciple maker and believe in the lies that they can't do it, and they need to get a hold of this handbook and mm-hmm. uh, and and meet commit to meeting with a guy you know twelve times because uh, doing something is always better than doing nothing. Like taking a swing at it and being intentional about one on one discipleship. Well, and Eric, for me, the beauty of this is that Duke continues to be a business consultant. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. God wired him. And now he's just solving an, a different problem, a, yeah. a, a cultural problem. But he's stumbled into something that really gives a model, gives a pattern for any of the businessmen out here, for anyone who's in a teacher. It doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. There's a call that God has given, not just to pastors and full-time vocational workers, a call that God has given us as men to make disciples. So no one's off the hook. And Duke, frankly, I'd like you to kind of speak to that. These guys started communicating to you within session one that your goal was to take what's being entrusted to you and, and to give it to other people. Oh, yeah, it was a, a clear call to action. These guys were willing to invest in me, but there was an expectation. And I'll tell you too, gentlemen, it took courage. It is not our natural bent to disciple another man. We don't feel equipped many of the times. I right. hadn't even memorized any scripture at the time. Yeah. I did not feel equipped at all. These guys helped me see the simplicity of what God's word and how it equips you. And then I did have the courage to, I can remember the last session that I had with Raul, and, and he says, okay, he says, you're ready. <laughs> and I was a little fearful of that. You got commissioned. That, that's right. Ooh, yeah. And so I said, well, where do I start? He says, go ask a man to coffee. And here's what I've also found, gentlemen. Every time that I would ask a guy to coffee, because he had that repetitive prayer at the men's breakfast, seemed like he was wrestling with the alligator and his arms were getting tired. I could see it in their eyes and their stature. And I'd say, you know what, Bob? Why don't we go grab a cup of coffee? I may have some scriptures that could could help you. And I would ask them, who's discipling you? No one ever responded with an answer of somebody discipling them. Hmm. And then when I would offer to disciple them, they would say to me, no one's ever asked me that before. No Hmm. one has ever offered to disciple me. But I let them know that there was a stair-step curriculum, for lack of a better term, that I would walk them through a process that would equip them, and it wasn't going to take that much time. So there wasn't a huge commitment. I disarmed the fear, and then I let them know that you would confidently be equipped when we're done. Now, is it every man's calling? Not necessarily. Basically, Hmm. this model that you have, this uh, field manual, this gives them a conversation. So you're saying, okay, go to coffee, and here's the conversation you can follow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, it's been great to have you in. I want to make sure people know how to get a hold of you. A Duke Crony Facebook is a great way to do that. There's only one Duke Crony. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on my horse with my signature black cowboy hat on with a name like Duke. So yeah, go to Duke Crony Facebook and message me. That's probably the easiest way to connect. Sounds good. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.